Hi, I'm Christina. For too many years, I spent my life hiding who I truly was, dimming my light and quieting my voice. When I finally let go of that story, I found that I was a healer, a siren, and a connector. This newfound freedom has brought joy and blessings into my life beyond anything I could have imagined. And I know it is just the beginning. The Voices Awaken podcast is a show dedicated to sharing stories of courage, love, and persistence that led people to their true voice and their life's purpose. My desire is to be a platform for these voices and that their stories may encourage you to take the path to awaken your own powerful voice. And it's just the beginning, just the beginning. What feels like an ending is just the beginning. And all the world will open up to you like a flower. When you find your peace and step into your power, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Lomar Farms. They're one of the sponsors of the Voices Awaken podcast, and they have the most incredible products. I am in love with their candles in particular. But they have candles, beauty products, honey, and spiritual accessories to make you feel better. The candles are hand-poured with love by chief candle maker Ivana Kopach-Wright, and they use cotton and paper wicks only and pure coconut oil and raw shea butter. These candles are made of beeswax, which, believe it or not, can actually purify the air. When burned, beeswax releases negative ions that connect with air pollutants such as dust, mold, and allergens and bring them down out of the air. You can order their products at lomarfarms.com. That's L-O-M-A-R farms.com. And also find them on Instagram at lomarfarms. Enjoy the share. Today, I am so excited to be speaking with the incredible goddess, Anita Kopach, who is sure to inspire you. Anita has a master's in spiritual psychology. She is the former editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul magazine, an author, actor, a pleasure advocate, a mother, and most recently, she created the Zero Fs Given campaign to raise awareness and help victimized and disenfranchised populations heal from sexual trauma, find their voice, and reclaim their power. Welcome to the show, Anita. I am so thrilled to be speaking with you. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, in the spirit of this podcast, can you tell us a little bit about your beginnings? Yes. Um, so basically, like where I'm from and everything. Yeah. What it was like as well, a child. Yes. Okay. I will tell you this. I, w- I have always been um, a strange bird. Mm. And I feel like the world is a bit more strange now. So I kind of fit in a little bit more. Yeah. There's a lot more of my <laughs> tribe running around now. But when I was young, um, I was definitely in a different realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom told me. She said that I used to come up to her all the time when I was little with bright eyes, excited, and just saying, you know, Mom, the most amazing thing that's going to ever happen to us in life is when we die. And she would be like, (laughs) And apparently, I think I was trying to describe to her that it's going to be, people are going to feel ecstasy, right? Like, you feel this ecstasy when you move into this next level. And, um, but she was just so scared to hear her daughter talking about death, right? And um, so I would say, you know, I grew up with, uh, there was five sisters, there's seven of us now, but in the house that we grew up, there was five of us. So I've always been surrounded by strong feminine power. And then my dad is such an amazing provider, like male energy. So I, I had like a really good balance growing up. 
And so I was pretty much able to be and express and be as weird as I wanted to be. My mom completely encouraged it. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, so you already had a very strong, it sounds like you already had a very strong, strong sense of your voice at a very young age. Well, I don't know if it was in my voice or more my being. Mm. My voice, I was, I was definitely very quiet, mm. uh, shy. I'd like to like suck my fingers in a corner and just watch people. Mm. And I love to be naked. Awesome. <laughs> and so I was like this little naked girl running around all the time. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm telling you, up until up until probably around seven is mm -hmm. when my mom would be like, "Oh, why don't you go put like a shirt on?" Yeah. You know. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I was just I was just very free, but then at the same time, I don't, I'm not sure about my voice. I still didn't mm -hmm. use my voice that much. I was free in a sense of my being. Right. Okay. And then. Um, so I think I know that something happened to you as a child that shifted things. Yes. So around that age seven, you know, mm -hmm. the time when it was time to put clothes back on and everything, um, I was molested at seven. Mm -hmm. And that definitely shut a lot of my voice down. Right. Um, I didn't talk about it until I was in my 20s, probably. I did tell my sisters when I was... Um, just getting into college, so maybe around 19. But as far as like sharing it with my mom and more people, that was that was way later. Um, so that uh, I, I definitely felt as if it was my fault, and so I didn't want to. I I didn't want to be in trouble. I think was mm -hmm. one of the biggest things, and so I would just. I would hide it. And then the interesting thing about it was that my experience of it, um, the actual experience was very pleasurable. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't like violence in, other than the fact that the whole thing is violence. Right, <laughs> right. But the actual experience of it was pleasurable. So it was very confusing to me right. as a seven-year-old because we're born as sexual beings, but you know, it's not usually awakened <laughs> at that yeah, time. Right. And so it was, um, it was intense because then now I was navigating these feelings and, right. you know, when I had crushes, I was imagining him doing the things that the guy did to me. And I'm like a little eight-year-old, seven-year-old fantasizing about right. wow. kids. Okay, yeah. So that, it put, yeah, made you feel even more different, I'm yes. sure. Yes, yes. And you already I'm did. like, I can't tell <laughs> Elliot this. <laughs> Elliot Wingfield, shout out, bloop, bloop. No, I'm just <laughs> okay, so it gives you an idea of the impact that this had on you. Right. Yeah. And so, so, okay, so you continued on in your life, and you had this pivotal event happen that shifted things for you. Yes. And um, so you went to you got a master's in spiritual psychology yes so I did I actually so that came about um, I went to I went to UC Berkeley for my undergrad mm -hmm. and while I was there I had some really amazing experiences um, I'm I'm actually an intuit and I started doing readings while I, I was as soon as I turned 18 was when I started doing readings for people and but it was in a time where I mean now you can get readings from everyone basically right. yeah right <laughs> but it was in a time when nobody was doing readings so I was looking for the way I was looking for um people to learn from I would like look in the yellow pages at the you know palm readers it was just very confusing time and um I met uh, basically like a teacher and he helped me awaken even more gifts and and really what was happening is that people were coming in, getting their readings, and then literally a week later coming back for more of a reading. So I was seeing that they were more getting addicted to that feeling of like knowing but right. not making any changes. Right. And so that's when I was like, well, what can I do? If I have a master's in spiritual psychology, then I can bring that into my psychology sessions wow. 
And, you know, instead of it just being a reading, which can be, it can be very addictive because if someone's telling you your thoughts and like, you're like, shit, how do you know that? Sure. Well, how did you know that? You know, like it can yeah. be, it can feel addicting, you know? And then for me, I, I feel like we all have that ability mm-hmm. if we drop down. It just feels like it's just a level of consciousness. And if you get into that level, then you just see it. Right. But um, I'm not sure. That's my yeah, my well, take I, on I it. know I, I haven't had an experience with my husband a few years back. I was going through a difficult time, and I started getting addicted to tarot. Yes, to the right? point like he would hear me in the bathroom, and he'd hear the cards, and he'd be like, "Honey, <laughs> what are you doing in the bathroom?" <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It was like a serious addiction to the and and honestly, like at at a yeah, really. No, it's and true. one day I came out and I handed them all to him, and I was like, "Get rid of them. Yeah, get rid of them." Like I needed. It's a balance. Like it can be every, everything is a balance. So if you can use them as tools, if we can use our ego as tools, like there are these things that, that aren't meant to be um, followed. Like, like, oh, you know, like, let me follow what my ego says. Let me follow what the cards say. It's just like a tool. Okay. Does that resonate? And if it doesn't, are you pushing away from something that is being said or is it you know does it really just not resonate it's just kind of like a tool of milling things over right well and it's it's interesting because I mean the the big reason for this podcast is the idea for me I realized at the time that I wasn't trusting my voice I didn't have clarity on my voice Mm. and so I was looking outside myself yes instead of saying that this is just something to help. It's like, it's almost like um, a partner. I was looking at it and then letting it kind of run me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we yes. go to, like some people go to the doctor and they, doctors are treated like gods, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, this is just a partner, but you know. Yes. You know. Yeah, that's part of the, the awakening of the voice. And, um, which yeah. thank God, because your voice is friggin awesome and I forgot to ask you are you um can I just be myself (laughs) oh yeah the language oh yeah okay okay yeah you're fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) hope this is okay but you know what this has to be authentic you can bleep it out oh no 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 bleep it out this is voices awakened so this is authentic voices awakened I have to say, I never <laughs> swore up until like maybe a year ago. Yeah. And now I love to fucking oh. swear. <laughs> I didn't I didn't before I had kids. How ironic is that? As soon as I have kids, now I start cussing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. We were my in the, poor kids. <laughs> we were I didn't do it that much, but we were in the car with my mom on a trip and Max was three, my son, and he dropped something and he goes, Oh shit. And my mom was like, oh no. I was like, who says that? Who, who, who says Where did that? he get that from? Do I say that? <laughs> My mom just looked at me like, I didn't teach you to speak like that. I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, um, gosh. Okay, so, so you did this. So, wow. So you did your degree. And then what happened next? So after that, so I was in, I was in California when I did my degree. I did it at USM. And, and then I moved to New York, and that's when I became the editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul magazine, which, which was definitely a dream at that time because it, it's, it's the only national magazine for health and wellness for women of color. So it was literally right. everything Perfect that fit. I wanted to do everything and so I brought in so many of the alternative voices Mm -hmm. in sharing and doing that Um, and yeah my experience you know it's I I don't want to (laughs) complain but um, it was definitely a lot of men Mm -hmm. old men um, in -hmm. charge of um, uh, a women's magazine right so there was a lot of proving of myself and um, them bringing in experts as if I'm not an expert. It was it was a lot of mansplaining and right, lots of stuff, right that went on while I was there. And and I th- I believe my biggest lesson because what I realized was I I was putting together these amazing magazines with literally 
all of my contacts because mm. because I was like, all right, you know, when they asked me to be the editor in chief, I was like, all right, can you give me your list of writers? Did it? And they're like, we want to revamp everything, mm. so we want you to do it all. And mm -hmm. I was like, all right. So it was like all of my contacts, and I realized like, oh my gosh, because what happens with me when I meet people, I fall in love with them. So it's like, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I know that, that it's, it, you know, Sheldon is always like, oh, my God, Anita, you're in New York. Like, you can't fall in love with everybody right. that you meet. Right. And so I'm like, you know, I, I get these strong connections with people. And then I just realize, like, as I move forward, you know, that love is reciprocated and they can, you know, like, we, we connect through different levels, through, whether it's through, uh, you know, work and and I was realizing that all the connections I have were all contributing to this, these beautiful pieces of art. And so that was, I think, my biggest, my biggest gift. Wait, there was one, one quick story to show some of the magic. Mm -hmm. um, I was working out with my, my sister, Ivana, who makes these Lomar Farm candles. Yes. Amazing, <laughs> amazing candles, products, bee products, yes. like yes. sage sticks. Yeah, yes. check that out. <laughs> So um, we were working out, and I was like, I want Misty Copeland on the cover of Heart and Soul. And this was before Misty became the, um, the, the first African-American ballet dancer in ABT. But um, I just had, I just felt like I wanted her in the magazine. And Ivana was like, all right, so, you know, this week you'll get a hold of her manager and all this stuff. So... I didn't end up doing anything that week, but we went to this party on the weekend, and me and Yvonne are talking, and Misty Copeland walks in. Of course. And I'm like, "Wow, Yvonne, is that Misty Copeland? She's like, yes, it is. <laughs> and so I just went to her, and I told her literally, I was like, I literally just said to my sister, I want you on the cover of Heart and Soul, and here you are. And she's like, and guess what? Here's my manager <laughs> right behind wow. her. And so we get her on the cover, one week after the cover is released, she is named the first African-American. So I'm the, literally the only magazine with her cover out. Wow. So it was like, it was so magical. I had so many magical moments there. So I have to be um, grateful. <laughs> wow. And I, so it sounds like you were, you're, you were in your power already when you were there. Were there any parts of that that were triggering things that came up did you have to battle things there was in your, you know finding your voice when you were there absolutely um I I wouldn't say I was fully in my power there was a lot of working out that I didn't realize though I didn't right. realize and and a part of that was I, I was literally doing everything you know in magazine where you see like hundreds of names doing right. different things <laughs> It was I did you everything. <laughs> I didn't I didn't design. Amazing Titian Franklin designed. Um, just brilliant, brilliant designer. But um, other than that, I was doing everything. Um, I did have a copy editor, me and a designer doing a whole magazine. And so I think and and actually Shaman Durek is the one who kicked my ass about that. I love it because he's like, so really, Anita. Mm -hmm. You don't have anybody working with you? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, um. Yeah. He's the, the perfect ass Yeah. Here. <laughs> he's like, not even an assistant? Do you know what that means? That you don't trust people to do their work. You don't think they're good enough. You think in your head, oh, oh I could just do it better than them. And I'm like, I literally do sometimes in yeah. my head, like, oh, I could tell someone to do that, but it's going to take them a long time. I can literally just do it. And I would just do everything. So that's where I think I wasn't in my power. Mm. Mm. There was more of the perfectionism coming up. Like, I know exactly how I want it, and I'm just going to do it. Right. And it was definitely exhausting because I worked from home, so I would be working morning until, wow, like late, late, late. Right trying to get everything done so it's very interesting to connect perfectionism with not being in your power yeah you know oh, yeah. Well, yeah because well in our society I feel like a lot of what is fed to us does not align with that a lot is like go you must work harder you must do this yes. it must be perfect that's when you will be successful that's when you will be doing I don't know things that will be 
looked at well in society and yeah. Yeah, I haven't found that to be true either. No, no, because my perfectionism is my insecurity because I feel right. like what I produce has to be amazing in order for people to love me, I guess, is oh, the, yeah. totally. the bottom line, <laughs> you know? Totally. And so that's, it wasn't, it wasn't out of a place of <sighs> self-love. Right. Right. It was out of a place of love me, tell right. me I'm perfect, which again was another thing that they didn't do. They never praised me. And so wow. I was always like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's so interesting. It's yeah. interesting that, that you brought that into your world. Yeah. I haven't talked about this publicly before, so this is the first time. Whoa. Ah, we are so lucky. I love it. It's very, <laughs> it's very powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful. I mean, I'm sure that in particular women working in a very male-dominated environment <laughs> can relate to this, and pretty much everybody. Yeah. And pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, I certainly can. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I totally can. Uh, yeah, letting go of perfectionism. Yeah. Um, and the whole part of, you know, wanting to be loved. Yeah. You know, I've said that to you before. Like, I need to let go of the idea that I'm not lovable because when it runs the show yeah. around my voice, then I don't allow love in. Mm -hmm. So it's the opposite. It's like, I'm not lovable. I want love, but I block love. Yeah. So it's really twisted, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's a bit of a mind. It is. Fuck. It, yes! <laughs> Use that word again. No. Zero no. Fs given. F given. <laughs> Exactly. We're going to get to that, by the way. That's an amazing campaign that Anita is doing right now. But we're not there yet, so stay tuned. <laughs> we will get to that at near the end of the show. Um, okay, so we talked about your early adult years. And then I was going to ask you where – this is a very tricky question, though. Where do you think your awakening began? Do you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely in Berkeley um, okay. when I was younger, eight, 18. And um, it, it started off with, when I said that I met the teacher in mm -hmm. Berkeley. And um, he was it, was, it was a strange meeting. It was very magical. You know, he came up and he was like, oh, didn't your sister graduate from here in, in psychology? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know Sharon? And he's like, no. And I'm like, you know Ivana? And he's like, no. And so I'm like, okay. And I start walking because I'm like getting freaked out. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Tell your sister Michelle that she, you know, she can't trust Angie. She's going to do that thing again. And my, fr my sister's best friend, but they're still friends, her and Angie. Angie, love you. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> her, we her, are on the ball. Yes, yes. Her and her boyfriend, something had gone, happened with Michelle and like, he's telling me this as I'm trying to walk. I'm like, all right, you're freaking me out. I got to go to class. You know, I just, I just moved from Fresno, like country girl. We had no neighbors um, to Berkeley with all these strange characters that, right. you know, I loved because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not the only strange bird, bird in the world. Yeah. But it was definitely a lot, right? And then he's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. He's like, my guides just told me that it's time for you to have your awakening and, uh, you know, I'm the one that's supposed to bring it in. And I'm like, awakening? I don't know what that means. You know wow. what I mean? Like, I was just, like, wow. very confused. you had somebody talking to you. I had that someone is telling incredible. me. The whole time he guided me through the whole thing. So, and he told me what was going to happen. He would be like, all right, now um, people are going to be calling you because they all had dreams about you. That means that you're stepping into this part of your power. I friggin' wake up. My mom would call. My friends would call. Everyone, I had the weirdest dream about you. And I'm like, so literally he's telling me the things before they were happening. So I had a bit of a moment to um, take it in. Right. But the first round of powers was a little bit much, which um, I was surprised I didn't end up in the crazy house mm -hmm. because I was hearing voices. And oh I started hearing the voices. So I'm like looking around and I'm like, why? what are these? And the voices were not vo nice voices. They're like, I want to kill, you know, like things like that. Like uh -huh. I, you know, one, one thing I heard, I want to kill my parents oh in this no. boy's voice. And 
Then I realized, because I was walking to school, that the voices were coming as I was passing people. And so I would kind of pay attention oh and I would God. pass someone and I would hear the voice. And I'm like, am I hearing people's thoughts? Like out of a movie. What the fuck? <laughs> And I get to class, and I'm sitting with one of my friends, and then I hear this woman crying in class. And I turn around, nobody's crying. Mm. And then I hear that something happened to her three days ago. So I turn, I said, listen, I know something happened to you three days ago, but you're going to be fine. And she just, like, shocked, you know. And then I just got up, and I I was freaked out, and I got up. It turns out that her girlfriend, who was sitting right next to her, had cheated on her three days before. So there were all these things that were happening and the last thing that happened when I got home because this lasted one day because because it was too intense for me I got home and when my sister Sharon went to Berkeley she was friends with all of the homeless people she Mm. gave them money she would sit and talk with them and so they would always be at the house right so this one um, homeless guy named Peace was at the house and he starts talking to me and all I hear him saying is I don't know where my wife and children are they disappeared But he's saying something where he's laughing and smiling, saying something totally different. So I said, look, I know you don't know where your wife and kids are. And he was like, what? What? How do you know that? Where are they? And he, like, grabs me, this big man, grabs me and, like, pushes me to the side, you know, like, the side of my door. And he's like, where are they? I never told you that they're missing. How do you know they're missing? I'm like, because I can hear you saying it. He's like, I did not say it. And so I, like, like, push away from him. I run inside and lock the door. And I just went upstairs. I'm like, dear God, if this is supposed to be a gift, I don't want it. And I'm crying. And I was like, take it away, take it away. And so when I talked to Keith, I was like, I just want something that's calm. Right, right, right. Nice, calm. I don't want to hear all these voices. Little gift. And it was gone the next day. Wow. And what was left was what, what I call a soul reading. So I... I'm talking to a person's soul. Mm-hmm. So that's why when people get a reading from me, it never feels like I'm telling them something that they don't know. It's always something that they've already thought of right. or they dreamt about or they've, or, you know, so it's already, right. um, they'll just be like, oh, yeah. It's like they're remembering. Right. Because I'm not saying anything that they don't know because it's already in their soul. Well, it's very interesting because um, m- me, when I'm thinking about, you know, I am finding my voice, Right. But I don't know, I know that there are things that I don't know yet about it. And the pitfalls, particularly, like the things that I need to look out for and what I'm hearing is very important because what I'm hearing is that sometimes the world is not ready for certain things. I I don't know if you can speak to that, like, well, your experience speaks to that, but how... How does someone who is stepping into their voice or contemplating stepping into their voice, I mean, what, what can you share with them? Because it sounds like you've had a lot of experiences and levels yeah. to that awakening. Well, you have to create your own world. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Because if we do things with regards to what is happening in the world, mm-hmm. um, it can come out sometimes in very low vibrational energy if we're just paying attention to what's happening right 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 or do we we're trying to fit in um and i believe you know our voice our writing our presence uh is here to raise the vibration Mm -hmm. i mean especially with singing voice (laughs) you're literally raising the vibration like you can measure that right and so um, mm. I think that it's, it's creating, and if you feel it, do it. Right. If you feel it, do it. Right. I mean, if I, if, if I didn't feel the fear, mm-hmm. I, would, I would have figured out a way to use that as a tool. Um, <laughs> and that would be funny, though, reading people's minds. I don't know. <laughs> be great I mean I would be a little afraid sitting across from you like going what am I thinking about is she under what am I saying I love that dress she's wearing did she hear me say that (laughs) I want those earrings okay stop oh (laughs) earrings the earrings my other sister made these oh my Um, goodness me Helena Jules my little sister Michelle I'm 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 yeah I'm obsessed with my sisters I I 
wear all their things well, and I'm obsessed with their your music. sisters <laughs> even the ones I haven't met yet because they're all just a bunch of goddesses it's like five goddesses that have grew up together what oh yeah oh my goodness Ugh. okay so moving on um you've talked a little bit about I think you talked a little bit about some of the hurdles that you had growing up I mean and in your adult life with regard to finding your place, finding your voice. Um, is there anything else that you would share? Things that you, with with our listeners, like that you would, that you would tell your 18-year-old if you could go back as she was beginning mm. this quest. Things that you might mm. share with her mm. um, to yeah. guide her. I'm trying to think because I feel really blessed in the sense that I had Ivana mm. with me um, like when I was starting in the business of modeling and acting. And so she was, even though it was in the 90s when, you know, a lot of these Me Too things were happening and we were around a lot of the men that are um, being indicted now. Um, wow. So I was around it, but we, she was always she was always so strong in telling, letting me know how to say no, mm. how to, you know, um, respect myself. And in, in those, like she was literally would hammer it into me. She, she was more like a mom than a sister. She's about four and a half years older than me. So mm -hmm. she was, you know, we were the only ones in New York city. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, like literally you would see like if if someone was trying to come talk to me like one of these older men she'd the be like surf. she's 15 <laughs> you know like we're going from step back yeah. so i love hearing about the support you had um from your sisters i just think that's so amazing and um it brings me to another thing that i i have found in finding my voice which is the importance of the people you surround yourself with the importance of your tribe and um, what I have found is that since I made the decision to really let my light shine and be fully myself, it's like my whole tribe just showed up. Like you. I <laughs> you know? love it. Like just like it was like almost like a trumpet call. And then all I can see it in my mind, like all these people just walking towards me. So it's like... <laughs> I wasn't myself, so I wasn't myself, so the people that I had around me were not my tribe because I wasn't me. Yes. And that is something I did not expect mm. to happen so quickly. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I now know why it's so important because this path, that tribe, is what has continually reminded me that what I am doing is is what I'm meant to do. Yes, it is your purpose. Right. And that's it's so important to have the community around us because you know it's it's human to doubt yourself and to not want to keep going or whatever it is that that stops people on their path. But if you have a community of people around you that keep you accountable, right? right especially if for me a huge, huge thing that has helped me move forward is to create um, a weekly call. And I have a few weekly calls that I do, but, um, you know, I, I do the most powerful one that, that I have is with the Goddess Wisdom Council, or mm. the council. Mm. And there's five of us, mm -hmm. and we meet once a week. We do, we not only talk about business because we do retreats around the world, and mm -hmm. um, we have one coming up in, um, in March, the mm -hmm. end of March in Miami, which is the first time I'm saying it, so I don't know when, yes. you know, hopefully by the time this comes yes. out, we have released it. Yes. But that, nobody knows about that one yet. It's okay. at the Sacred Space in Miami. Amazing. Oh, that is a beautiful yeah. space. So that's going to be really beautiful, but... We, in those calls, half of it is business and half of it is checking in with each other. So we each have a few minutes to, it's as if we have the talking stick, uninterrupted time to share what's happening in our lives. And the beautiful thing that happens between us is that whenever one of us have an issue with the other, we say it right away. So if I am saying, oh, you hurt my feelings when you said this. I know that it's not about you and I'm having a trigger, right? So mm. we go through and see 
it's it's so amazing. Like we spend the time to to talk about it so that it doesn't turn into a resentment. And because with five people, sure, who are meeting every day, I mean every week for over two years now, you know, it's like you, you turn into siblings basically. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> You're replaying the family dynamics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what that but means? It, has, <laughs> it hasn't happened because we're so clear. Mm. Like if someone is feeling jealousy which actually happened to me at one of the retreats. I was feeling jealous of Yadi hmm. and because she had so much energy. And like for me, I was like, like I did my thing and then I fell sick to the ground, right? Like, right. Like, like, oh. right? And she had all this energy and I was like, oh. And I was just like, I'm, I feel a little jealous of you. And, uh-huh. and so we were able to talk it out, which that was one of her issues is that she always feels that people are jealous uh-huh. of her. And so we got to play out a dynamic for both of us, you know, and see what what it went to, what did it mean, and that is so amazing. Yeah. And and the tri- right, the tribe is that safe space to try out these new set of lungs. Exactly. With people that are aware enough yes. to work through it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And the huge thing that we have is only positive feedback. Amazing. I know that some people feel like, you know, constructive criticism or anything, but we get enough of that yes. every day in the world. Yes. And so when you're having the this hour, it is like the magic hour, right? Mm. Where everything you say is, you know, it's magical and you're you're connected and 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 if it doesn't feel aligned with who you are someone can say something like that like say oh it does this feel totally aligned or something you know but it wouldn't be don't do that shit (laughs) it's not gonna work right you know there's so many other things like there's that energy is not even in in there which is amazing I was actually telling yesterday we were talking about you know ideas about how I was going to introduce you and your response of course was like it's perfect and I actually said to my husband Every time I interact with Anita, I feel like I am just this amazing, magical creature. <laughs> I did. I told him that. I was like, it's just amazing. I mean, that is so powerful. Yeah. That is so powerful to put that out. Yes, it You is. know, people figure out what they need to figure out. Exactly. You know? And <laughs> I, I say, which, which I feel like you, this is part of your personality as well, that there are people who are believers, right? Mm-hmm. So when you believe in someone, they literally have this huge amount of space to step into because you believe in them. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that, I mean, you see that with kids. Oh, yeah. I have chills because it's like, like once you have the belief, then they're like, I can do this. I could do that. And so I, I mean, it's not even, um. I can't say that it's a conscious thing that I do. It's just naturally I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. And so especially once I heard your voice, oh, I'm like, I love this you. girl can sing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang. <laughs> and so it wasn't, that wasn't oh. hard, but it was, you know. Well, thank you. Because honestly, I can't, you have already healed me <laughs> through our friendship. And, um, and also, so... Anita has written some books, so yes. you're helping people, already have helped people through um, that gift to the world, and um, one we have here, <laughs> the title is Finding Your Way. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that Absolutely. Book? So Finding Your Way, you'll, you, you know my sister Ivana. Yes. So uh, when her daughter Marley was 11 months old, she was um, diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Yes. And um, we, <laughs> it, it, it was this, this, I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. We all shaved our heads, all the sisters, because we thought she was going to have to go through chemo, this whole thing. Um, but as soon as I found out, I was living in L.A. at the time, and I, I went straight to this mountain that I always climb, and I climbed the mountain, and at the top, I was like, God, <laughs> tell me exactly what I need to do for this baby to be healed, because this is not going down like this, right? Stage four, like it was right. It was the size, by the time we found it, it was the size of a grapefruit. We just thought she had a big belly. 
like a cute baby belly, right, right? Right. But then it was getting bigger, and we're like, what is happening? So um, after that, I had a dream that I was reading this book. And God said to me, basically, that um, write two pages a day, and um, by the time, basically by the time the book comes out, she'll be healed, or by the time you're done. Oh, my done, gosh. Right? How beautiful. And so I was like, okay. So I came to New York. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed with Ivana, and so I was with them while they were going through their, their process, and I was writing the book. And so I would read the pages to Ivana as they're coming through, and she'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> just start crying, right? And we'd cry together. Right. So what I have people do is um, pick a page mm-hmm. each day, mm-hmm. and so I'll have you pick one. I can oh. read it to you if you want, but... Um, just pick a, a, a pick a page, pick okay. a page, and then since oh I'm here, goodness. I can read it. So, well, just so you know, Marley. I mean, I know you've met Marley now. Yes. She is um, a fifteen-year-old, amazing, yeah, uh, amazing athlete, healthy. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you got oh the boy. X factor. Ooh, you're surprising me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, okay. so the X factor. May the X factor balance the equation of your life, and may your answers be the product of your search for the divine. Mm. The X factor represents the unknown, the divine challenger and sustainer of faith. Once we are able to accept the unknown within ourselves and our reality, fear will dissipate and learning will commence. As in mathematics, the divine X factor allots a space for the unknown, a space for God. The faith required to assign a name which acknowledges rather than denies the existence of the unknown allows one to build equations which yield actual information about the universe and our position within it. That one's a little more scientific than the rest of them. (laughs) No, but... Just, well, I just want to remind you the latest song I sent you. Literally, the line is, you must leap and release to what can't be seen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a magical book. (laughs) It's a magical book that everybody should get. I will make sure that it's all this information, by the way, will be noted in, you know, all the people you want to contact, the things you want to get. Yes. You'll have that all listed. Yeah. You'll have it all listed. Wow. So people buying this book, because I know there's going to be a lot of people buying this book now, (laughs) your recommendation is to read a page a day and take in that knowledge. And so you channeled this book to heal your niece. Yeah. Yeah. And the cancer was gone? Yeah. See, this is... I mean, there was... They they had a surgery to take the big one out, and then the smaller ones just disappeared wow wow no chemo yes she was literally she was at this one hospital and the chemo um the the like huge crazy needle broke off and so Ivana was like just just let's get look let's give her a rest we'll start tomorrow so she went into the doctor's office and she was like if this was your daughter what would you do and he was like, I would go to Sloan Kettering. So she went to okay. the other hospital, and it was amazing. The doctors had their hand, hands blessed before oh, oh, they... I did not know that about yeah. Sloan Kettering. Wow, well, at least is... this doctor in particular had his hands blessed before he worked on any of the kids. Yeah. Well, this story is just the other names, the other incredible thing, unexpected thing about stepping into your voice, just taking the leap. Is it is the magic that occurs is shocking. Yeah. Which again, shocking. Again, how you say stepping into your voice, the doctors there, literally the mother is the number one. It's not the doctors. So they'll ask you, what do you think it is? Medically, what do you think it is? Because the mother's intuition is so strong and they go off of whatever the mother says. So if she says, I was thinking it was this, they go and they check that first. Of course. It's crazy. Well, it was a whole nother experience. That is why there. it works. Yeah. Because the mother does know. Yeah. Better than anybody. Yeah. And we know 
about our own bodies as we get older better than anybody. Yeah. Whew. We need more <laughs> doctors out there who function that way. I know. You know, trusting the, yeah. trusting the patient and yeah. asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing, amazing, amazing story. Wow. Yeah, so you, you are also writing another book? I am. That one is coming out a little later this year. I'm writing a young adult fiction. Um, I won't say too much because it's not out yet, but okay. it is about um, a goddess named Yemeya. Mm. And she is an African goddess of the water. And so I will tell you more about it. Maybe we'll have another one once yes. it comes Yes, oh, you have to come back on. <laughs> yes, when it, when it comes back, we will have another one of these discussions. Awesome. Well, because I know that, I just know in this magical 2020 that we're walking into that shit's going to get real. It's going down. It's going down. There's going to be a lot to talk about in a few months, for sure. Yes. Um, wow. Okay. So, I had a question for you, and, or a question for us to discuss. Why do you think that people are so afraid of stepping into their voice or awakening their voice? What, what is that about? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that there's so many different reasons. I mean, there can be past trauma and, um, you know, being scared because something happened before when they use their voice. But my, my professor at USM said this one thing that hit me. Hmm. And um, basically he was saying, is everyone in there, right, is attracted to the spiritual psychology, right? So right. they, were, they all, were all on the same path. And he was saying, because a lot of people were talking about their fears of even just coming out to the world saying right. that they believe in these type of things or, you know, just fear of sharing what their heart song is. Right. And um, he said, the reason most of you are scared is because, and not just scared, scared and at the same time attracted to this path is because in a past life, at some point, you've been persecuted for speaking. Mm. And um, for me, I mean, for sure, I have felt past lives in witch trials mm-hmm. and and things like that. So I know that I, I do have things come up sometimes, whether it's whether it is my actual like in my actual lineage, whether it's happened to um, an actual ancestor mm-hmm. or to me in a past life, I've absolutely felt that. And so these there it is it's the fear of death if I'm going to say these things. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's life or death. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty intense emotion. Yeah. And I, so speaking of being afraid to speak up, you have just started a new campaign. You started it on 11-11. Yes. Can yes. you tell us a little bit more about this? Absolutely. Um, I started a campaign on 11-11 called Zero F's Given. Mm. And again, it's a thing that came to me in the middle of the night which is why I keep a journal by my bed, because most of my ideas come in the middle of the night. And I was drawing it first, the symbol. That was Mm -hmm. what came out first. And then I got that what this symbol represents, the zero Fs given, is an actual day of giving no Fs. So of sexual abstinence, Mm -hmm. a day of sexual abstinence, in honor of anyone whose no was not respected. Mm. So anyone who's been molested, anyone who's been raped, anyone who has experienced any kind of sexual violence. And then the proceeds to the shirts go to the Center for Safety and Change, which I'm on the board of in Rockland County. Okay. And that center, it's the only center in, in our area that takes in women who have been um, raped, takes in women who have been trafficked, women who are victims of domestic violence, and they have a safe house, they have lawyers, they have people to perform, um, or they go with you, like Mm -hmm. advocates to go with you to get your um, rape kit. Um, It's just full service. Amazing. Amazing. And so I was like, I want them to have millions of dollars. Yes. So I really would love to sell millions of shirts so that I can, you know, give them the proceeds. Right. But, um... We're also planning on doing an event, which would be another place where we can raise the money for them. 
amazing. Yes. Looking forward to hearing about yes. that. That will be on 3-8, March 8th. Okay. March 8th. 2020. Right. 2020. So I'll tell you more about it. Yay. <laughs> very exciting. Um, so did any, I mean, this, this is very, very close to your heart. So how did it feel to do this and to tell your story even, I know you've said it, you've told your story, but this feels even more public. Yeah. It's a very good question. <laughs> so um, every time I tell my story to another group of people or another, you know, some people who've never heard it, uh, I, I do feel like there is this um, almost like a tightening that happens in my chest. And then when I say it, it's another release. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, um, it's almost as if it's like a death and a rebirth each time. And I'm like born into more of myself. I think a huge thing that happens when, when someone is molested or has been a victim of, of some sort of crime is that we take on the, the guilt. We take on the, the shame. Right. Um, almost as if we're the ones that did it. Right. And so, so uh, you know, I'm like walking around. And not only that, it's directly related to our power center. Mm. And so... So for me, you know, speaking of being in, on, in a boardroom at Heart and Soul with all men, mm -hmm. and I wasn't, I wasn't rooted in my power, right. and so it was, you know, there was definitely times where I was more meek than I might have been today if they had me in that fucking room. No, just right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think it would have been the same dynamic no. at all. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing campaign. Thank I you. I have no doubt it has already helped a lot of people. Yes, I've gotten lots of messages and, and things where people have not even shared that that's happened to them in their life. So it's, it, it's I, I remember saying to my sister, Ivana, and I know I talk about her a lot, I was, I was so nervous when it was coming. <laughs> so I remember saying to my sister, Ivana, um, when it was coming out, I was so nervous because I'm like, I, ho I hope it's successful, you know. And then she was like, well, what, what, what does successful mean to you in this? Mm. And I'm like, I hope it sells a lot of shirts and that the, you know, the center gets a lot of money to help more women. And Ivana was like, if it helps one yes. person speak up or feel comfortable or know that they're okay. Yes. Yes. She's like, you've done it. It's a success. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to think of it that way. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. in that sense, yeah. it's a success. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a much bigger success. But I, I, I do, I absolutely agree. And uh, it's, it's an important thing to remember when starting to speak. Yes. You know, that one person the message may be just for one, one person, person and everyone else can just pass by and it doesn't matter yeah but that one person is, is changed is, is yeah yeah I remember for me that was Oprah when I was 11 and mm. I still hadn't talked about it I want to say I was around 11 mm -hmm. and I was watching Oprah and and she said um was talking about when she was molested right. and she was talking about how it was pleasurable and I mean my whole body like tensed up I'm like everybody knows everybody knows I was thinking <gasps> that but then after you know I didn't tell anyone still and I was still on my inner journey with it but at 11 I was like I can become as, as successful as Oprah yes. even though this has happened to me yes so I didn't have that, wow. you know, like it, it blew open any kind of, of thoughts that I w had to try to stop myself. Of limitations, yeah, right? Any limitations, exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yes, <laughs> well, you were saying it. I just, you know, I'm trying to, so, I mean, and this is the whole thing is that, I mean, my biggest desire is that everyone steps into that voice yeah. because we literally are meant to, to change someone 
and it's usually a lot more than just one person. But we may never even know sometimes, but it's yeah. just, it's, it's what we're supposed to do. You know, everyone's voice is exactly the way it is for a reason. Yes. Right? And it's not going to be the same as everyone else because that A would be really boring and our uniqueness is what changes everything. Yes. And then you, wow. Ah, I just love speaking with you. And I love that you have a Zero F's Given shirt yes, on. I, do. I love my shirt, both me and my hubby. We got it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you can see their picture on um, on Instagram. It's ZFG Day. And then mm-hmm. mine is just my name, Anita Kopach, A-N-I-T-A-K-O-P-A-C-Z. <laughs> Amazing. And those will also be in the write-up at the bottom uh, about this. Awesome. Make sure to include all of this information because I know people are going to want to go check this out. <laughs> um, are there any, so is there any specific moment in the campaign so far that has hit you? That has really, I mean, it's, you know. Oh, yes. Yes. So um, it, it really felt like the whole thing, like, just started moving fast. Like, as soon as I, I got, like, this this one um, idea to release it the way that I decided. Mm-hmm. So, so the moment that really hit me, um, I asked quite a few influencers and celebrities to be a part of it and share, you know, their, the, them in their shirt on their pages. And on 11, 11, mm-hmm. when everyone shared and there were so many people standing up for people who have experienced this, and they were just, it was just out there. It was this flood. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I know they said they were going to do it, but right. you never know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. life, <laughs> fast-paced life we live in. Are people really going to show up for this? Yeah. yeah. And so it was that moment when it all just flooded in and everyone was like, zero Fs given. Because actually the, the, the slogan, the zero Fs given, I, I got that from my teacher for, um, for Tantra, which her name is Sam Isadora. Mm-hmm. And literally she would always be like, zero Fs given. You know, mm. like always say it. So that's where that came from. Right. And um, she's, she's passed away and it's just... She was an amazing teacher, but she's no doubt with you doing this. She's no doubt. No she's doubt. She's there, and she was. She was like straight up. Like, do I want to say she was like? She was like a hard ass, right? Uh-huh, like, so uh-huh. she wasn't. She wasn't like one of, like a sweet healer, right? Right. Like, if someone started telling story and she felt like they were in their story, she'd be like, "I don't want to hear that shit." Mm-hmm. How many times have you told this story? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want this to be the last time you're telling it. Yes. And so she would make people really connect. It's not just about saying the story. Right. Because that is the first, that's one of the first steps to healing is being able to say it. Yes. Sure. But then you don't want to get stuck in that loop of saying it and having yourself be a victim. Because I'm definitely at the place where it was all a fucking blessing. All of it. Amen. All of it. Amen. And so I'm like, that's where I am now. I mean, I even some even made me have a conversation with the man who I had that experience with. And wow. so that was when I really switched into my power because she was like, you cannot talk to him as if you are the seven-year-old girl that this happened to you. You need to talk to him as your 40-year-old woman that you are. Yes. So I love it. Oh my goodness, I have no doubt that we could continue this for another four hours and man, just do a crazy epic podcast, but I'll have you come back on here in a few months when the new stuff starts coming out. Yes. I can't wait. Um, so just to remind everybody how they can support this campaign, can we just remind everyone again, what can they do? Absolutely. So you can support the campaign by either getting a shirt, a sweatshirt, um, All of the information will be in the write-up. You can actually go to the Center for Safety and Change. It's on their homepage as well. And or you can do direct um, 
donations to the center, and those would be tax-deductible donations. And you can you can actually go to the Zero F's or well, the Center for Safety and Change Zero F's page there. Okay. And I'll give you all that information, so that will be there. Amazing. So if someone wants to just um, give money directly, and those will go that will go to um, all of the the activities for the women. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Yay. And I have no doubt that this new campaign is going to change the world. Thank you for being courageous. Yeah. Mm. Yes. yes. You are so courageous. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. And okay. I, I know you know that we're mirrors of each other. And Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Thank you for reminding Everything me. Everything that you're saying about me <laughs> is about you. <laughs> yeah, and this is the beauty of, of calling in the tribe because they're going to keep reminding you of this. And this is what we need. Yes. This is so, yes. What I have gotten out of this is just to remind everybody who's listening to this, just take the first step. Yes. Just take the first step. It doesn't need to be a perfect step. None mm. of them are perfect. You could trip into it. it you can trip everything. into it. And you will be amazed because you will be pivoted to exactly where you need to be just by taking that one first courageous step Yes. into awakening your voice. <laughs>